0: Geneviève Langlois, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to have you on the program. <laughs> uh, you are joining me from Toronto, yes. uh, where, which you're, I would say, still a bit of a recent transplant, right? You, you lived in Montreal for forever, for mm. a long time, mm-hmm. and now you find yourself in Toronto. Um, so for people who don't know you, you're an artist, you're an actress, you're a voiceover talent, uh, you are a former clown uh you do radio you are a media personality uh, like you do media and the arts is that a pretty fair way to describe you wow that's pretty cool yeah yeah
1: um do a lot of different things i did a lot of different things like a lot of artists i would i would say um but um
0: yeah god <laughs> that's a long <laughs> Just let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit about your career. First of all, where are you uh, originally from? I'm originally from Montreal. Okay. And yeah. Okay. And were you always an artist or did you have a like a regular Joe job before you decided to go all in?
1: Yeah, no, I was very fortunate. I um my grandparents were uh my grandfather was a radio announcer at Radio Canada, and um, my uncle was in the band called Beaux Dommages in Montreal. So I have a very artistic family, um, and my grandfather knew Jeanine Souteau. To make a long story short, I started to get curious about theater when I was around 15. I did a show at my school, and I loved comedy, and um, I kind of found my voice through comedy, and so I started taking classes with Janine Souto, and uh, she was, of course, well-connected with all the, you know, drama school, and I auditioned saint saint and did I audition for national school? No, I was 17. I knew that I didn't have a lot of chances to get into national school, but um, anyway, I got in. It was really fast. It was really easy. Uh, I knew what I wanted to do, right? So I was like, boom, yeah. I got into drama school, and... Um, um yeah Uh, and you know then moved to Toronto after after drama school um against circumstances where I was actually going out with one of the teacher (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we were the generation that year we all went out with teachers it was so bad um and um he had connections with Toronto and then his career started to really uh, take off. And bizarrely enough, somebody called from Toronto and said to me, you speak really well English. Like, you should come and check out Toronto. And I thought, hey. so after drama school, I just basically went to Toronto, tried it, and I loved it. And I thought, I'm moving to Toronto. And that's Which how is
0: interesting because you went back to Montreal and now you're back in Toronto. So what is this pull between you and Montreal then?
1: You know what? I have so much issues with, I think, Montreal. I think um, there's a lot of stuff with my family, I think. It was just a really cool way for me to be somewhere else when I was young. And I actually did really well here in Toronto. I had a really, really good career. Um, But there was always a pull to kind of go back to Montreal because I studied there it's been pretty much my, my theme in my life of going back and forth and back and forth, <laughs> you know, kind of healing some stuff there and then realize, okay, uh, um, I know I want to go back to Toronto. It's it's still the place where I, I feel uh, the most uh, free, I think, in some ways. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, I think it's because yeah. it's not where I'm from, you know, and, and because my family is so well established artistically um it was yeah it was it it
0: was not easy for me
1: in Montreal. It was not an easy place for me to blossom, for sure.
0: Makes I a lot of sense. Up. I, I yeah. yeah, I hear this a lot from like kids of uh, you know, famous actors or like kids of rock stars or you know, like people who have a connection already like you said, like uh families that are already established artistically, it's hard to to um create your own space. <laughs> Uh, so it sounds to me like Toronto became that for you. Now, what I am curious about, though, is because Toronto is also more of a commercial centre. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you find that as well. That's what I, my experiences have been with Toronto. I wonder also, Do you um, are you attracted to the more experimental side of Montreal in the art scene? Or are you really firmly now... At- this point in your life kind of like okay no the commercial side is for me I really like this this Toronto big urban thing Mm,
1: that's a really good question Toronto's changed so much when I was here in my 20s and 30s uh it was just booming Uh, um there's a lot of stuff a lot of theater a lot of uh, television series and it was really happening you know so I worked a lot as an actor on stage and English and it was just like um Pretty. I did some clown stuff. I started with and Smooth, and it was really fantastic to be here. And there's, you know, it's pretty much international. Toronto's more international in some sense than Montreal. Montreal is has amazing theater, but, um, but so so. And now that I'm back, you know, in my fifties, uh, my daughter going to school here, and wow, has it ever changed? Now it's not at all. What you know, it's very much money um less culture stuff less edgy most of the people that i really loved as artists are all gone you know teaching or so um yeah i'm in a weird position right now and with covid i mean god you know it's just made this city even more like uh so, so I, I yeah i'm questioning myself a lot right now of Where where i want to go next you know what i want to do I don't think I'm yeah, going to you... go back to Montreal. Okay. I, that's yeah, my daughter. Yeah, my daughter wants to go said, in Montreal. I don't know. It's like I want to move even further away,
0: <laughs> like Vancouver, so,
1: or yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm looking out and going, where am I going? I don't know yet. I'm letting the space kind of open up and and uh, my curiosity to to guide me right now. You know, and uh, trusting that my my guidance, my inner guidance is going to bring me where I'm. I've always operated like that in my life. I always trusted my gut, uh, you know, when mm. it was time to move or not move or, you know, not just there's always been signs. I've always felt it. So I'm...
0: did you always trust your gut? Because that's a mm-hmm. pretty, um, I want to say, like a ballsy thing to do, really. <laughs> it, is, it is gutsy to to just kind of go like, oh, I'm just going to trust that it'll it'll work out.
1: Yeah, it's been dangerous, though. I don't recommend it. I mean, you know, my ex-husband used to say, oh, yeah, you're just going to wing it again. You're just going to, you know, and I was like, yeah, I am. And most of the time, I've succeeded in pretty much everything I wanted to do. But I must say, since I started to be in my 50s, um, it has pushed me or confronted me to slow down you know, and it's, it's good, actually, it's good to slow down, because it's, like, gives you time to integrate what you've, you've done, because I'm, you know, you know, you're a bit like that, too, like, I'm a, I'm a go, I I go 100 miles an hour at everything I do, (laughs) you know, there's, like, no middle ground, um, but, um, I'm learning to slow down, and it's a very interesting thing for me right now, it's just, uh, It's a new
0: (laughs) Geneviève. That's interesting. Is this because of uh, the pandemic? Because I'm hearing a lot of artists who are like, especially touring artists who can't tour Mm -hmm. right now, who are like, oh, this has actually forced me to stop for a change, which is new for a lot of artists.
1: Yeah. It's like, well, first of all, situation for me is I have an 18-year-old beautiful young woman living with me. <clears throat> full-time in a not a very big space we have a nice apartment but it's not you know it's, um and it's just I don't have any space for myself I don't have an art space you know where she'd go to school I'd do painting and I'd do stuff And now it's like she's there all the time and I realized I was, wow where is my space how can I create um so you know lots of walk outside but all the stuff that artists do, you go to a cafe, you write, you know. No, nope, we can't go to cafes. <laughs> you can Yeah. So it's made of it yeah.
0: And interacting with other artists.
1: Yes. Yes. Weird. Really weird and not seeing galleries and not seeing I mean, thank God there's T V and and I've been reading a lot too, but I've not been painting, right? And it's I've been drawing a lot, but it's been a time of just deep uh thinking of really I mean I'm gonna sound really somber but definitely thinking about death and of how I want to die and <laughs> the possible, you know like going like oh yeah like I'm I don't if I have Alzheimer or if I have like you know ALS or um man I want to have the the, the dignity to, to choose what how I want to go right I like all all those thinking mm-hmm. like It's not just, oh, what will I do when I'm out of pandemic? It's like, well, okay, let's talk about, you know, how I want to go if I'm going to go. I don't know. It became very... it oh, makes sense, I'm sharing I, I think. Do, but I'm not sharing it with a lot of people because I know some people are like really like, oh, yeah. But I'm, you know. Well,
0: well, well now you just shared it with the world. But I'm just <laughs> saying. Hey. It's, uh, it, no, but it's important to share these things, right? Because this pandemic has, uh, you know, made us scared of other people it's also uh you know because of for health reasons naturally we're scared to catch this this nasty virus um it's made us scared of them in a way but it also has made us uh, i think confront our own realities our own physical being our own future uh so i can totally see why you would think of things like death it it makes sense there's a connection there
1: yeah i've always you know it's it's <laughs> I don't know, maybe because I'm getting, I'm 55 and I see, you know, like I, I see the, my good years are they're still there, but I mean, I'm, I've had those years of youth and, and incredible, you know, like I've had success and I'm not, I'm not yearning for that. I'm yearning for something else. And I, so it's really interesting. It's a passage of like accepting that you're changing physically, you know, like you're um, it's not about how you look, which is great, fantastic um but um, yeah, it's a real transition for me right now, like uh as much as you know and i it's interesting that my daughter's eighteen and she's moving into adulthood and and I'm moving into like you know being older and um my reflection on my life, my view on my life is totally different, so Um, yeah, I'm obsessed with getting old. I love everything about it. I'm obsessed. (laughs) I
0: was just about to say, it's funny because if you, if you follow Genevieve on, uh, I think it's Instagram, where you tend to post pictures of white haired ladies, which is, and you have embraced your own beautiful, long white hair, gray hair. There's silver in there. There's all sorts of shades of, of aging in there, which Mm -hmm. is so beautiful. Um, And so I always appreciate the posts that you've been making, uh, embracing that kind of, aging, the aging process.
1: Yeah, the aging process, I'm telling you, it's such a, I mean, I want to write about it. I'm not sure to what capacity. I would love to write a show about aging, aging women, Mm. aging artists, aging women, period. And I, I was like, oh, maybe it's just actresses. And I said, no, fuck everybody, all the women I know, how do you deal with aging? Some women do it with so much pizzazz and grace and funk, you know, and some women are so scared of aging, and then they 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 get tight, and they, you know, they do surgery, and and I there's nothing wrong also with surgery if you want to do it for your face you, that's your business, right? Um, just how people cope with it, and you know that gray hair has has taught me so much the last few years, like cutting it and having all my friends kind of go, what have you done? What have you done? You're gonna look so <laughs> old, and I'm like, well, I am old, you know. It's like when people say, oh, you don't look your age. Yes, I do. (laughs) I am my age.
0: (laughs) I think there's a movement now, especially in the arts and especially among actors and actresses is is to actually embrace this kind of more natural look to, uh, you know, and I'm curious to know, like, has your agency given you a hard time because of of, of the color of your hair? Is that an issue still for actresses today?
1: You know what? Very interestingly enough, when I... I, you know, I did the, there's so many ways you can do that, but I did it like I grew the white part and then I checked it. So I cut it really, really short. And, uh, I had long dark hair <clears throat> and my, the, uh, the woman of my agency, the, 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 owner who's a friend of mine was not very subtle, but basically looked at me and said, what have you done? You were a beautiful woman, you know? Wow. <laughs> so, and I was like, okay, you know, like I was like first strike where I was like, I'm going to get that. And I, and I said, well, I said, I'm doing it because I'm fed up with coloring my hair and I want something different and it feels right to me. And then my other agent who reps me for TV and all that, she's more my age and she was cool. And she said, I think it's great. I think Mm -hmm. you look really fab with short hair. And, And I'm not kidding you. I think two weeks after that, I booked a television series um, because of my short gray hair so just to say that you know I didn't do it for work i I remember when I did that I was like I'm doing it for me yeah Cause it feels feels right you know it feels cool and I, I'm so I don't know there's something deeper I think you are right there is a whole movement right now I see a lot of women I mean with pandemic you here in toronto Mm. most women have like about six inch of white and color it looks so weird
0: yeah because we don't have access to um to you know (laughs) hairdressers and and salons so all these women are walking around with like no hair dye jobs or they're experimenting with their own home products and see
1: like red like almost like the stain (laughs) (laughs) forehead you just see the the distress. You
0: know, the, I hope it doesn't
1: show too much, but I did it at home, you know.
0: Yeah, there's a. It, it's funny. There's a like videos on TikTok and and things like that where w- women are saying, you know, I'm never wearing jeans again, or yeah. like I'm not. I'm never wearing heels again because they've just spent almost a year and a half wearing comfortable clothes for a change, yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it. Well, I'm actually. I've been. You see, I I'm obsessed with, I. I don't let myself go. Like, I know everybody's say they gain weight. Uh, uh, uh-uh. uh. I don't. For me, that's one thing. I'm like, I'm not coming out of this pandemic like 30 pounds. So I eat well. I watch my weight. I'm a bit obsessed about it. My daughter is like, come on, mom, you're fine. You know, so I, I have my quirks.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah i uh i put on a, a few pounds during the pandemic i call it my covid baby and uh and now the baby's coming out because <laughs> we're seeing the end of this it's it's like well, it's time to deliver yeah
1: but you've got a girlfriend who cooks you some yeah. amazing food oh, from what God. i
0: see oh it would be it's, hard it's, uh yeah, it's very hard, and and God bless her. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been it's been interesting. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your voiceover work because that's another thing that I think a lot of actors have turned to, um, mm. partially because of the pandemic and partially because of aging interestingly enough, I see a lot of, you know, women actors who are going into voiceover work because, you know, they can just um, be maybe more themselves. I don't know. Maybe there's more opportunities. There's a lot more multimedia products these days that need voices, professional voices, even podcasts. Uh, so how are you liking the voiceover work? Is that, is that working out for you? My God, I, oh yeah,
1: it. I made so much money with it. I was so fortunate. I started very young. When I moved to Toronto, I did this demo. I was 22. didn't even know about this business. And I just couldn't believe how much money you could make with voice. Like, you know, and I was, it's not like I was older and wanting a second career thing. It just happened. And then I I did a lot of TV as well, but I was also doing a lot of voice and uh it's been it's been amazing for me in my life. That's really where I made my, most of my money, thank thank you God. Um um and it you know, I'm I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna have to be careful saying that. But there is age ageism Age, how do you say that in English? Ageism. ageism. Yeah. With mm-hmm. voice as well because you know, you're the young thing, you're the cute thing, you're going to a studio you're doing a TV show and like clients are there. So there's a whole thing there that you have to look young and cute when you go to studio, you know? Interesting. So you're 55, you're 60. You have to still look funky because you know, mm-hmm. you come in and there are clients and they don't want to see an old, not funky actress that there's are still that, you know, I remember actresses say, well, yeah, you know, you, you, you're going to look old with your gray hair. I was like, no, it's going to be funky. Like, I'm not going to play. But it, it's something there right now. And I see that now, like, you know, I can read for stuff, but uh, I get less jobs. I see that the 45, 55, the 45 is a real the bracket for voice right now. You know, there's not that much of a big difference with my voice, and but there's still... Um, there's less work for women, even in boys as you get older. It's really interesting right. yeah there's i almost that, i yeah.
0: i almost imagine that you know there's that kind of like uh I don't know, 55 to 65 bracket where like, there's no work. And then you get a lot more work afterwards when you're older and then you become like, you know, like a, the, the granny in, in the show yeah. or something. Yeah. You get like yeah. the
1: bitchy ones and, yeah. uh, you know, like, I love those parts by the way I'm starting right. to get those. And I'm like, cause I can look very severe with my glasses and I can look like, you know, I, I know my look, I I can look really, um, Uh, you know scary kind of you know judge or you know and that's great part because they're bitches they can be real bitch um and i'm really having fun doing that and i i like being old i mean i don't have a problem there's an actress in england i forgot her name and she was saying she works a lot like you know and she was saying i i accept that i play old you know and I, that for me was so brilliant. I was like, Oh yeah, she's not trying to be the sexy, like Jane Fonda is fantastic. Right. I love yeah. a lot of who she is, but all that surgery to a point where I have a difficulty with looking at her face now because it's so tight and, and she'll always be a beautiful woman, but, but, I don't identify with her as much since she's done so much work on her face. You know, I don't it's identify. almost
0: like, um, it's almost like frozen in time. I find with a lot of actors and, and I get it. I mean, uh, like you, I know people who have had, this, you know, certain surgeries done. And again, it was, strictly for work Um, I think you know some some people do it uh, men and women I've I've known men who have had scars removed things like that so you know it's a it's a thing it's a choice that I think actors make for work you know for certain people
1: and and I don't disagree with it it's such a personal I think it's just when you can't you look at someone's face and they lose that Thing that they had that was so special that made them human, that made them not perfect, right? That's what I love in a face. Or it's like, oh, look, the eye is a little crooked, and you know, like she's got little lines here, and um, you know, that's why I find like you know, British actresses look way more real in general than American actresses, right? Well, know?
0: European in in Europe, general, I think yeah. uh, Europe. Okay, so let's talk about Europe for a second here. Have you done any work in Europe?
1: Europe, no, I would have loved no. to work in Europe. Yeah, I would love to. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was curious because uh, I was wondering if, if uh, the culture is very different there. The union is very different. I know that in France, you have to give your, the actors wine, apparently, the union in France. So it's a very kind of laid back uh, and very artistic atmosphere. So I was just curious to see if you had done any, I don't know, French films or German work. No, or like
1: no. I would have loved that. Yeah, that's that's a, a regret. Of, you know, I would have loved to work there. But, you know, who knows? I might end up in the other part of my life.
0: I was going to say, you're not done yet, Genevieve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, just uh, moving on a little bit here uh, about the voice work. I, wanna, I wanted to ask you this question just because I interviewed a scientist recently, y- a young man in Jamaica. Who oh. is uh, doing his PhD, and he desperately wants to do voice work, mm-hmm. and so I was like, I'm gonna, you know, when when I have Genevieve on, I'm gonna ask her for a few tips, just for you know, young people who want to get into this field. Uh, what would you recommend? What are some really good tips for people to improve on their own time? Mm. Hmm.
1: Well, listen to do. I you know I've made a couple of demos for actors and I've directed some sessions too with some actors or actresses and I tell them to watch TV and listen to the voice that are hired right now, whether, you know, because it's changing more and more, but you know, what a car voice sounds like right now, um, you know, like perfume for women, um, that motherly voice for, you know, Tylenol for kids or you know, the, the different to listen a lot, what is actually uh, happening right now on, on on the voiceover world because it's changing. Like there were, you know, um, there was a time where a lot of rasp voiceovers were really cool. Like you know that kind of that kind of talk that's talking like and it's kind of monochord and that kind of now you know um, Bell is um, the, the voice of Bell is uh, Fiona Hyatt who's with my agency and she is. Super- Herb, if you want to hear someone that does has an amazing voice and does a great read, and she works a lot, um, yeah, to listen to what's going on right now on the TV, so you hear why people are hiring those people. Um, also, to practice what I, if you want to make a demo, that's when I when I started, I would take magazines and I would rip those scripts. And I would go to a studio, they'd put this stupid music and I would make commercials. So I created four or five commercials that were not real commercials and that's how I started.
0: You know, when really? you haven't
1: I, Yeah, when I when you haven't started, you just fake it, right? You just make a couple. Yeah.
0: So Did they fantastic. ask you? do did they actually like when you show them the or when you give them your demo, do they ask you like, Oh, was this a real commercial or did you make it up? Like do they know?
1: No, they just wanna hear, you know okay. I've casted commercials and you just, you, you I'm not, I mean, you listen to demos, right? That's what you do. when you, I'm just saying if you're not auditioning, let's say you're sending eight or nine demos. So you just listen a little bit and you just feel it right away. The first two or three takes, you have an idea of person's voice, person's uh, abilities. Uh, but when they do an audition for a commercial, let's say I'm sending that to agency and I'm receiving the same... Commercial everybody auditioned, like right away you can hear someone's read they just you know they have range or they do it the same way all the time and it's it's amazing voice is very um it doesn't lie right It's just like yeah. you can't really it's 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 an instrument, so there's there's some people are great announcers, but they're not great actors you put them in front of a microphone, they can announce anything. But if you ask them to have range and do some characters or just, you know, have some comedy skills or it's just good, they don't have it.
0: Yeah. 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 I see that a lot too sometimes with um, actors who start podcasts. They're not very good interviewers, (laughs) you know, some, sometimes I've seen that. You know, I I've, I've tried listening to, uh, you know, like cuz all the actors in Hollywood right now are doing podcasts and I've tried yeah. listening to a few of them and I'm like, "Oh my god, these guys are terrible. They're not interviewers, <laughs> you know." Yeah, actors are not necessarily good good interviewers, you know?
1: We're yeah. fun and we're bubbly and we're but uh it takes someone that has a a, a good listening and and a, and a direction, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's a, it's a very interesting format. Um, of all the things that you've done, so we've talked a little bit here about voice, um, acting. Uh, you said, you mentioned earlier, you've done some clown work. You're a painter, a very prolific painter. Uh, which of these um, specialties do you find feels your soul the most? Mm, what a beautiful question.
1: I'm actually thinking about that. The last, like, month I've been going, like, What really fills my soul right now? Like, I've done so many things, like, and I've enjoyed so many. It's such a tough question. You know, I'm going to say, I mean, I love comedy. Like, I haven't done comedy in a while. And I wanted to write a series, like, 15 years ago. I didn't do it. I did a demo of it. I didn't, you know, that's one of the things that I feel like, oh, Jen, you know, like you wanted to do that, you didn't do it. So comedy, for sure. I mean, clown work was was probably uh, the highlight of of um, uh, being an actor. I really, I I just grew so much when I did clowning. Just, I just kind of became like, I just realized that there was so much more to uh, to to me and to to the stuff that I wanted to do on stage. Right? Um, I love theater. I mean, I thoroughly like love theater um, more than TV, more than film. Film is great, but it's theater is fantastic. You got people interacting with you, and it's in it's in a moment. I love that. When when you do TV, it's like when the production is ready, when everybody's, and then you have to be ready as an actor. So. Um, and everybody's like you know and, and if you touch a crayon or something then you have to put it back you have to remember you touched it it just drives me nuts it's so precise and where theater you drop the the pen well you drop the pen you pick it up and the show continues you know it's that like so yeah i mean theater i miss painting but i can't right now it's it's almost like i, I don't have a studio to paint so i've kind of put it thinking it will happen again, but I, I, um, I, I miss it a lot. But I, until I feel I'm going to have a space to really paint, I'm not going to dream about it. In some ways, it's almost like I'm my second life. <laughs> Once my mm-hmm. dog's at university and everything's good, then I think I'll be able to, to fully give myself to, to it in a way that I want to do it. You know, not like always rushing and painting and doing things halfway, which I've I've done a lot.
0: And it's interesting again because we're in a uh, living through a pandemic right now, which is, I mean, I find personally as as, as somebody who likes doing visual arts as well as I can't yeah. create right now either because I crave a, a, like the company of people, I crave interactions, I crave and and it's not I've you know we've been with ourselves for a year and a half. And it's 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 hard because I don't know about you, but it sounds like you've been doing as much reaching inside of you as I have. And I don't feel like putting that on paper or on canvas or whatever. Um, and so yeah. I'm wondering if uh, after the pandemic is done, um, how do you think this is going to change things like theater? Do you think theater is going to experience a huge boom?
1: Yeah, I think people... I sh- I sure hope we're not gonna write about COVID. I'm not gonna go see a show. On COVID.
0: No, me either. <laughs> me either. Pandemic shows are done for a long time. Even zombie <laughs> so- productions are done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a really good question. I was thinking about that too. going. What's going to be the next
0: thing, right? Um, I think comedy, like you said, I mean, you you know, you know, said that comedy is very special to you. I think it, it would yeah. be the epic time to do comedy. Right now is an epic time to do comedy because it's all, it's all I'm consuming right now. I'm watching all the comedy movies on Netflix that I can find <laughs> just because it's like I don't want to see anything serious right now. I want I to know. just, um, there's an expression in, in French, uh, je vais me sentir comme légère. I want to ouais. feel light. C'est
1: ça, exactement. It's... it's uh... Yeah, I um, I want to do something about, you know, like what um, aging and my girlfriends, mm-hmm. we're all in our 50s and, and I want to do something stupid about our reality and being actresses that are not really working. What do they do when they're not working? And, um, you know, the quotidien of that, um, skits about that or monologues or, you know, I want this to be funny, like the stuff that I see I can't do anymore or I don't give a flying fuck anymore, which I used to. Uh, you know, um, I'm single right now. I'm really enjoying being single, (laughs) you know, like, um, uh, you know, it's like all the women I, I, I look up to that are my mentors in some way, who are they to me? And most of them are pretty cuckoo. They're, they're fun. They're crazy. They outside the box. They're not like your typical, so it's like I need to see myself on stage. I want to see women that can talk about the stuff that people don't talk about, you know, like stuff that is uncomfortable or funny or not funny, you know. Have real I think discussion. that would be
0: fantastic. Yeah, that that would be I, I would go see that show in a heartbeat just because I can, you know, being a woman who's I'm 44 now. And so I'm experiencing a lot of the things that women go through, you know, perimenopause and all these things. And uh, it's uh, it's funny because I just learned recently I have the estrogen levels of a man. Wow. So it's like, you know, <laughs> you start to, to be like, what is going on here? Uh, I think you and I have talked about this all actually before. If I recall correctly, but, um, I think that would make for a fantastic show. Uh, you said yep. just, just right now, you said, um, women in their fifties going through their daily lives when they're not working. What is a, a day in the life of Genevieve right oh, now? Oh man, it's
1: just so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sometimes I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm a maid. I'm a mom. <laughs> I'm just I'm like, where's the artist? She's not there right now. So, you know, I wake up, I do my meditation, which really helps me. I'm part of this wonderful group of women We do gratitudes. That, I'm telling you, saves my soul. I do five gratitudes every day. We have this group, and we read each other's gratitudes. It's, it's fantastic. It's really saved my ass in so many ways. Every time I'm, like, irritated or I'm like, come on, you know, you've got, got good things around you. Um, and then I go walk my, I got my coffee and then I go walk my dog. And then I basically, uh, I mean, I must, I mean, I read or I lie on my bed. I watch TV. I did that a lot this year. Um, and then I make lunch for my daughter (laughs) (laughs) because she's at the end of her, of her semester and she works and she's so, uh, stressed. And I promised her, I said, how can I help you? And she said, can you just help me make, can you just make food and just, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's so weird. Like I'm so not like that in in life, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of the coach of my daughter till, you know, uh, the end of school. So I don't have a very exciting life. I paint sometimes, I write, but it's almost like I'm waiting for her to finish the stress of school. And then I'll be able to figure out how I'm gonna organize my day, you know, because it's not normal. We're living right now, me and my daughter. It's, it's, you know, I have a a 850 square feet apartment. She's got her room, I got in my room, and then we have the living room. And I give her the living room when she does her class because she's sick of being in her bedroom. So,
0: you know, it's, it's not Mm -hmm. fun. Yeah, I can imagine. It's, it's, There's a lot of yeah. sacrifices being made. I mean, for a lot of parents right now, I think uh, you know the kids are having uh, naturally being at the forefront because they're experiencing this weird, weird, chaotic moment. And you know, and and uh-huh. so are the parents individually. So it's it's yeah. uh, that's very interesting. I have I have seen some quite a few sketches go by though. So that's uh, that's something. That you've been doing, right? Yeah, so. yeah.
1: I work on paper eight by ten, and that saves me because it's mm-hmm. like an express, a free expression of the moment. And um, you know, I do a lot of women that dance. I'm telling
0: you, I, so day. I have two questions <laughs> about your visual artwork. Yeah. uh the women that dance. I get because that that was a prominent theme for me as well in my in my 20s and 30s. Was it? Yes? The horses. Yeah. Oh, totally. Big time. Oh, um, the horses. I'm curious about. The, so, so why don't you tell me about both? Um, why the horses? Why so many horses? And also why so many women who dance? It's funny because I don't do as many horses right
1: now. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the male energy in my life. The horse. And I was involved with a, a man for a long time and it was a very difficult relationship. We split up I don't know how many times, so it was nine years of my life and I, I I really think it was my way of uh he was very male, he was very uh because I don't paint very much horses right now. I paint mostly just women. <laughs> the other day I right. was like, Huh, the horse is not coming back. <laughs> I don't have the impulse of doing the horse. Um and I think it's because I'm finally just accepting that i just want to paint women or or i'll paint lots of trees right now i love trees and flowers and uh, but yeah i think the horse was my um the, a lot of the male energy that i have as well in me and the, the the strength of the horse i love there's something about and it's very regal and it's very uh um brings a lot of of um i don't know it's something very easy for me to do like it just felt you know and i know a lot of people paint a lot of horses but for me it was just more of a movement of the horse it was much more of the the black ink and the head you know and and i think you know what i know one time a guy i was dating a guy and he said to me oh i know why this guy said to me you're like uh this beautiful wounded horse you know like you got like grace and all that but i can see your head keeps you know and i was like oh that's so right on right Mm -hmm. um and i think maybe by painting also the horse it's like regaining that that place of uh owning owning my my strength um but right now it really isn't i'm in the feminine energy i'm really kind Mm -hmm. of totally saying it's okay if i just want to paint women. That's what I want to do. (laughs) Because, of course, I sold all my horses to men. Most of my paintings of horses, men would buy them. Men would not necessarily buy a painting of a woman. It's
0: very interesting. And go figure! I'm the one who bought the painting of the child, right? I wow. mean, it's kind of like a little girl in in the. So I bought I bought one of Genevieve's paintings, and it to me, I see a child. Uh, I'm assuming that's what it is. It yep. is a, a little girl, um, and so of course that's the one I was I was you know really attracted to because it made me feel whimsical. So there that's you go.
1: what the painting is about. It's a Dream, <laughs> it's just dream, you know, yep. <laughs> dream big, dream, dream. Did yeah. you?
0: Did you ever suffer from imposter syndrome?
1: Oh, yeah. Especially in painting. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I haven't done any artistic school. And uh, when I started painting, I could feel, I still feel a lot of uh, uh, snobby. Uh, oh, yeah. Have you done any, you know, oh, you're a self-taught painter. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How did you get comfortable with the with the art of art, of, of making art, when you are when you haven't been schooled, um, did you just try different materials? Did you yeah. just find stuff that worked? Did you read about stuff? Did you, you know, like, did you go on YouTube to learn how to varnish a painting? No, like, how did you do it? I did
1: a bit. I took a couple of class, classes. But I, for me,
0: you know, being an actor,
1: they tell you, you're always like, you know, saying someone's words. You're hired because the director liked you. There's always a third fucking party. And when I painted, when I remember I started painting, I was like, nobody's going to tell me how to paint. Nobody's going to tell me, you're supposed to do this. And of course, as I got better at it and I found techniques, but for me, when I paint, I'm free. I'm free to explore the way I want to explore. And that's the only place that if you see something I've done, there's nobody but me, my soul and everything that I am in it. I think that's why I'm so, I know... You know, even I, when I was with this gallery here in Toronto, it was very shishy gallery. And I was like, what am I doing here? I'm not as, you know, I felt kind of the syndrome de l'imposteur thinking. But he said, you're really good, you know, or I like what you do. and um, And I guess I started to go like, I think I can, I like what I do. And if I can continue that, then I'm on a good, you know, I'm on a good road here, but for sure I don't fit at all in the art world of the the typical what I see going to art school and then getting grants and then going to galleries. And, you know, so I know I don't have the typical path and um I'm OK with it now. You know, it's almost like I. Once my daughter moves to university and I have time for me and a space for me, I think it'll be really interesting to see what I'm going to do in painting because I've had time to reflect and um, I'm somewhere else too right, right now. So I have some ideas mm-hmm. about where I want to go with my paintings. Definitely less figurative, more movement, less figurative. Yeah.
0: Okay. Very, image very interesting. Images of
1: bodies moving, like women, always women. I love women. But uh, not as figurative. More about movement and and moods, you know. And flowers. Do you ever,
0: did you ever feel the pressure though with your with your paintings to kind of be like, oh, what if I could make a living, you know, just just selling paintings? Like, oh, maybe I should, you know, um, do that. Maybe I should make paintings that sell. Do you ever have that those kinds of internal pressures?
1: Yeah, I did. It was terrible terrible i hated it i hate it i still do people people will say well you know can you make me a deal and uh i find that part the most difficult um you know i'm in a program right now i'm doing this program a money program for artists so and it's really good for me because it made me aware of how i have a hard time asking money for a piece of art for instance or even in my acting career sometimes i'm like you know negotiating something i'm like no i want i want this you know um you know about our worth self-worth right Mm -hmm. something about so i think i'm dreaming that my paintings will sell organically you know like i don't want to push Sometimes I post some stuff on my, on my thing on Facebook. Uh, I used to push a, a lot more. I don't think that's the way I want to go this time. I want to feel like I have a lot of people follow my work. It's great. I think I'm going to do an expo once uh, COVID. The, um, but I want to do it from a different place, not pushing as much, you know. And it has to be love for me. When I start getting business or like i have to sell this i have to sell then I, I i don't enjoy it i don't enjoy the whole thing so
0: yeah i think there's a lot of artists there's just a lot of people um you know who are in business whether they're an artist or not who are kind of rejecting this new kind of way of marketing online and and i have you know i i actually um counsel people, like small business owners and stuff in in marketing. And a lot of the time I'm telling them, do what feels right, man, because even myself, I'm not using social media as much as I used to, or I'm using just one channel instead of trying to to market my work to like a million different channels. I find um, one of the things I really want to explore, and I don't know if you've ever looked into this, is the New York model. Which is that in New York there apparently and now I haven't looked into it uh recently, but there's no bylaw. So you can go to a certain location, set up a stand and sell hmm. your work. Now they have no cell zones. Hmm. Okay, but you don't have to go get a permit to sell your artwork on the streets in New York. Um, You know, there's, there's like this kind of openness to being an artist, you can just set up a stand and, and sell your work. Wow. I find that very interesting. And I, my gut tells me that's going to be a model that people are going to go back to. Ooh. Because it's, it's too saturated online. That's my gut feeling.
1: I think you're right. You think? I think you're right. Yeah, I,
0: I really I mean, like Canada. Where- Yeah, Uh, sorry i just want to clarify though in canada there are bylaws against that stuff so i'm just i'm just i'm curious to see where artists are going to go after this you know reopens if they're going to try to push for hey we want to sell our work in the streets now you know
1: (laughs) yeah i think it's great i love i did this art thing here in toronto the toronto um
0: art fair thing
1: um It was a lot of work, but, uh, and I was with the gallery then and they said, oh, no, don't do that because, you know, it's not good for your name. It's not good for your reputation. If you, and I was like, no, I want to, I want to meet people. I want to see real people, real people who want to buy art. Right. So it was great. It's a lot of work though. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that kind of stuff of, um, um, yeah, I, that's, I think you're right. It's change. It's going to change. That's why I'm, I'm. You know, I'm really even like posting art on on um, on Facebook or on Instagram, or uh, it doesn't feel the same for me anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. I want people to see it. I want to to uh, and I want contact with people too. We've been uh, so I still have also an idea of doing this this graphic novel, which I'm like you know i've been in my head for like years of all my dessin, story my story woman's story you know and i just i'm just still not quite i know a lot of good writers so i'm thinking do i want to do this with a good writer a female writer or you know ugh, I'm still kind of, I'm vague about it. I think I'm, I'm just procrastinating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's funny, because this reminds me a little bit of my interview with our, our mutual friend, Nathalie Claude, who yes. is also a woman with a million ideas, right? Yes. I mean, she's got, always got so many ideas. And so I'm curious, um, with how you work, how do you decide which idea to run with? Mm. Gut. My gut. Again. Okay. Always,
1: yeah. It's like I call them the whispers, right? I wasn't. I wasn't. Steven Spielberg talked about that in an interview. It was like that's so brilliant. Like mm-hmm. he was saying, it's not the loud voice that brings. It's those little whispers, and I could. I I really dig that because it's uh, what's my next project, right? Like sometimes I. I'm gonna obsess about something, and like I'm obsessing about my my next project is being old, and re- I'm reading everything about getting old, about women and their uh, getting older, and you know, like artists, women artists that are in 80s that are. I'm obsessed with. <laughs> so it's like. I can't do theater right now. I really want to do theater. So I'm really frustrated. Like that's the, um, but yeah, it's, it's how, I think it's what really interests me in the moment. Like what really is, is authentic to me in my life too, because it's coming from me. It's not just an idea or intellectual idea. I read in a book and I go, that would be a good idea to do. It's like, um, yeah, I'm obsessed with, growing old and seeing my body changing and, and going boy oh boy oh boy oh boy um and I want someone to tell me what's supposed to happen next right <laughs> now but I want to hear about women to tell me like it's occasion do you have no worry uh that's part of it you know and, uh, it's, it's totally uh, yeah like it's um
0: are you able to have those kinds of conversations with um, the women in your life who are older than you, like yeah. you know, uh, moms, aunts, whatever? Is that yeah. something you can do?
1: Yeah. I'm. Yeah. yeah. My mom and um, another group of women I talk with I really love. And there's a couple actresses here that we're meeting now every week, and we are looking for uh, reading some plays and all that, and we want to do something together about, Finding some some stuff that we could do the three of us, um, um, because women in their fifties and sixties, you don't see them as much on stage, and you don't see them as much on screen. Um, and you're right after that, the grandmas and you know, but there's not that much um, out there, you know, for us. That's true, uh, and 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 written for us too, like not to, yeah. so. But you know, everything interests me, and I'm also really good with not having a project. I'm more and more good with the, those periods of uh, uh, not nothing the beige period where it's like, okay, I'm just resting, I've done a lot, and I don't have any ideas, and it's okay, you know, like yeah. it's also part of um. Um, you know, like this, this, I don't know if it's been for you, but for me, this, this pandemic has not been like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna have time to write my project. And I was like, Nope.
0: (laughs) Well, curiously enough, this pandemic actually made me discover the microscopic world. So it took me into a completely different direction. Completely. My entire network is all scientists now. It's crazy. It's I've never seen anything like it. Yeah,
1: but you're Yeah, but you're like, I can see like super, super, super intelligent and like everything interests you. And then I think that when you find something that you love, you just go for it a hundred percent and you know. But I'm I think not... you've
0: made bro you brought up a good point though, which is that the creative instinct isn't there. At least not for me. Like the the, the this desire to to like do something visceral and, and artistic. I'm like, ugh, I'm just gonna look at this under the microscope instead. It's yeah. you know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's weird. No, I think it's, it's, uh,
1: yeah, like even more to, to cook for my daughter and to be so, uh, uh, ménagère, you know, which I, I don't identify at all like that. I'm, but I was like, it's okay. I can do it until, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'll get back on my feet and, and, and create again. But it's, it doesn't define me completely as, you know as a as a person anymore it's not like i'm just that we're so many things you know right we're so many- we
0: have a we have a few minutes left and we have so yes. I want to I ask you some just quick very kind of uh quick questions out of curiosity cool. if you could go anywhere in the world right now to explore a new city which city would it be
1: well it's terrible but i would go to india
0: <laughs> mm. i want to go to india okay pretend it's pretend it's not covid yeah <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <a story. laughs> india interesting what yeah. about uh what's um what's a good book that you've read lately
1: this book about aging again <laughs> okay what's it called it's called who am i now that i'm not who i was and this woman interviewed tons of women in their 60s 70s and it's really great it gave me a lot of infos the choices they made how they you know yeah who's the it, author Connie Goldman.
0: Okay. Cool. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And
0: when you are working, when you're painting especially, are you listening to music? And if so, what kind of music?
1: Mm. Erykah Badu, Erykah Badu, Erykah Badu. <laughs> okay. I love Erykah Badu. I uh, of R&B, actually. I'm, I'm a big R&B. Um, it's great groove to, to paint, you know. It's... Uh, Oh, I was. I have rediscovered. um, um, Rediscovered. Who was it that I was mentioning? Um, Stevie Wonder. You know, of course. Like old Stevie, old BGS, and I was like, oh man, that's so good. I used to listen to that when I was young. (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Last question. uh, Which it's funny because it just actually escaped my mind. Um, (laughs) you know, when you're paying attention to somebody and you're like, okay, I I think I'm going to ask them this question next. And then you're paying attention to somebody that's called listening. Uh, yes. Um, I can't even recall it. It doesn't doesn't matter. Oh yes. Okay. Actually I do recall it. You mentioned way at the beginning of this interview that you're thinking of, leaving perhaps Toronto at some point. Mm -hmm. The real question here now is, are you going to go to another city or are you going to go to the country? Mm. I'm not
1: going to go to another city for sure.
0: Um, I
1: would love to live like, you know, somewhere warm. I don't really like winter that much. Uh, I've always dreamed to live in San Diego, San Francisco, you know, California, California. But as you know, there's a lot
0: of fires. There's a lot of problems. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a water problem there.
1: <laughs> there's a lot of problems. Yes. Uh, you know, in the States, I mean, you know, they're not yeah. good. They scare me a little bit. Um, I love Mexico, too. Mexico City, which is a very busy city. But um, mm-hmm. I've had dreams of, of having a studio there. So I don't know. I know that I'm not going to end up here. I know that. Will I... If I move back, I might move back near my mom, who's moved to uh, near and, uh Okay. Uh, but I will not move to Montreal to a city. I, it's very noisy. I don't know if you're like that, Memoir. I'm mm-hmm. starting to really enjoy not hearing uh, stuff all the time, moving around. You know.
0: Yeah, bus. we're we're moving to PEI. <gasps> so yeah, yeah, we're gonna be, we're we're getting out of here as soon as she can get a transfer for work. So yeah, I, this is uh I Oh know. I didn't know that. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, so wonderful. So that's I know you'll have to come and visit. Oh, that fits so well with who you are and like yeah. oh my god, that's a big decision. Ocean assignment. life. <gasps> Ocean life, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's why I had to ask. Oh okay, You have to let me know. That's that's yeah, that definitely <laughs> okay. Listen, I have to uh I have to wrap this up. Okay. Uh so um Thank you, merci d'être d'être venu. Um, guys, go check out Geneviève Langlois' uh, work. Uh, Geneviève, you have a website address. You want to give it to us, please?
1: Oh my God, Geneviève Langlois. I think it's your name.
0: dot com.
1: Yeah, www.genevièvelanglois.com. And then yeah, we'll yeah.
0: put it at uh, we'll put a link at the bottom of the show notes. But thanks again for coming on the show. I really thanks, appreciate lady. it. I love the discussion yeah, we had. So much fun. I loved it. <laughs>